welcome to the District Football Podcast. I'm your host, Juan Herrera, and I'm here with two guests this week as we try to cover all things D.C. United as we edge closer to the start of the season. If you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Ken. I run uh, DCU underscore soccer on Twitter. Um, glad to be back again. Getting excited for the season. And I'm Daniel Wise. I've uh, been on the show before. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think I think DC is looking, uh, you know, there's some good and bad uh, parts that are, that are making me nervous, but uh, real excited as well. Great. And so, yeah, we're here to just recap what's been going on with DC United as of late, as we're, as of recording, about 10 days from the start of the season. So uh, not much time here before that as the team gets ready to open the season at home against the Colorado Rapids. But first off, um, let's go over, uh, you know, the latest of what's been going on with DC United as we're recording this. They have just come off of a 1-1 draw against Nashville. Uh, a match uh, that featured mostly uh, a lot of United guys, a lot of reserves for DC United, not much of the starter, uh, you know, team there. But they pulled off a one-one draw. One of the highlights being that uh, Sorga, Eric Sorga, managed to score. So, you know, getting right into the rhythm where uh, Loudon's going to need him to start the season and maybe uh, DC United later on. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a one-one draw for uh, DC. They, you know, friendlies have been kind of on and off for them so far. But they're still trying to figure out their footing as they, uh, of course, try to, you know, narrow down a starting 11 and figure out what they're going to do against Colorado. Um, but, uh, yeah, their next friendly is on Saturday against Philadelphia, which I think is the last friendly before the start of the season. So, um, yeah, going to keep a close eye on that. But uh, any any thoughts on uh, the result today, guys? Um, nothing specifically. I mean, the lack of streams has kind of been a pain, but... Um, they did revive the DCU match day Twitter, so I've been kind of following that, getting updates from that. And, yeah, it's kind of hard to really uh, take too much out of these games, but, yeah. Yeah, same here. Uh, you know, it is really frustrating uh, being 10 days out. Uh, there's been speculation, but nothing that's really solidified as far as a streaming or broadcast partner for the upcoming season. And overall, it's just uh, really kind of making me nervous about, you know, sort of like the uh, kind of the business that DC is doing right now. Uh, there was kind of word that, uh, you know, they've been talking to networks about, you know, uh, streaming. I think uh, WUSA uh, was an option. Um, but the problem is, is, I guess the team's been asking for too much and they've been uh really struggling with uh kind of finding a, a deal that uh kind of works for them and the networks you know when we uh were talking about flow fc there was sort of uh you know i think the figure was about 12 million dollars i was you know sort of uh, uh speculated with that and you know clearly that never solidified so uh you know we're we're sort of Seeing, seeing some growing pains, you know, especially with the new stadium, uh, you know, uh, see what this front office can do uh, business wise. And then same thing with like the depth, you know, they really have been kind of dragging their feet, finding players to fill in on, uh, you know, like defense. And we only really have uh, one striker in Ola Kamara. Otherwise, it's, uh, you know, uh, Griffin, yeah, I love the kid, but he's still a kid. And, you know, Eric Sorga, well, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. So uh, definitely some questions going into this season. Yeah, definitely. And the last I'd seen on that streaming uh, potential uh, broadcasting deal, uh, according to Stephen Goff, it was, uh, I believe Sinclair was the team that the United was working, or the company that United was working with to try to reach a deal for a broadcast uh, partnership. And uh, for those not familiar, Sinclair is uh, overseas WJLA7, uh, the local ABC affiliate here in the D.C. area. And according to Goff, it appears like the team is headed towards that deal. And so the home opener will likely be streamed on their 24-7 channel, which is mainly news. So I believe it's Channel 8 for the local area. And that appears to be what they were or what they're working on for now. Uh, I had seen also that Dave Johnson and Devin um, McTavish will be back to do the broadcast. So that's another 
um, encouraging bit of news there for those who are, uh, you know, longtime fans of Dave Johnson and, and uh, Devin covering the team. So uh, it's looking like we're heading that way. I mean, we had heard early on that the one of the first uh, talks was with NBC Sports and trying to work out a deal there. Uh, I believe NBC Sports is the streaming or they, they're in charge of broadcasting the Spirit Games. So that there was that soccer connection there with the D.C. area, but nothing came to be. It must have been a money issue there. But, uh, yeah, it looks like we're getting uh, – it looks like it's going to be Sinclair that uh, ends up being the broadcast partner for the team. So we'll keep an eye on that as we, uh, you know, get closer to the season. But, um, you know, what's been the big news, of course, is the injury to D.C. United winger Paul Ariola. For those who, uh, you know, haven't been keeping up, uh, he suffered an ACL injury in a preseason match against Orlando. Um, no timetable yet, but the idea is that he could be out up to nine months, which would effectively be the entire season. Uh, very disappointing news for DC United fans and uh, also U.S. men's national team fans, as he's been kind of a staple of that roster. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge loss for for DC. Uh, was arguably the best player for the club last season, and um, very versatile player. He can play up up top in the wing, played at right back some games. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a major blow. I'm curious to hear what you guys, uh, you know, what what are what are your thoughts about this news? Go ahead, Ken. Uh, yeah, so I mean it was pretty devastating, right? Like, um, you know, even you know, I, for him, his career, uh, his family, it was kind of really sad. Um, you know, they don't know exactly when uh, he might be able to recover by because. You know, there's there's multiple estimates depending on I'm guessing like the the grade of the sprain or whatever um, from from three to potentially nine months, right? Like it's, it's a long range of when uh, it could be. Um, so yeah, we don't know, but yeah, it was uh, a really big downer for for the team as well. I mean, that was uh, definitely a, a bright spot um, since he's been here for the team, um, but. Also, one of the more exciting things about uh, our roster has been the the amount of choices we have up top, and and kind of being able to play with having, you know, different overloads, you know, with Ariel and Gressel, or you know, all, all kinds of different versatility with what we could do and how we could attack, um, which is kind of not going to be there as much, right? Because uh, obviously, he can't play, so he will not be. You'll need to fill his place, um, and so that that probably means we will have uh, Russell playing. Uh, I guess where where Areola usually plays in that right wing, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It definitely, it didn't you know totally crush my hopes, but it was definitely a big blow for uh, for me. Right. Yeah. If this were last season, I would have been. Oh man, we're screwed. Like we have nothing up top. Um, mm-hmm. But like you've mentioned, Ken, uh, the team's made moves at reinforcing that position, and so it's not. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's not as devastating as it as it uh, could have been. But uh, what what about you, Dan? What do you think? Well, you know, I was on the DC United Kingdom show uh, last week, and we were discussing it a little bit, and I guess with the, sort of my armchair manager outlook, I was sort of envisioning something with Ariola playing that right back position and doing a whole lot of overlap and, and sort of like what Ken said, uh, you know, kind of really kind of playing, you know, shifting formation a bit and maybe, you know, causing some uh, overloads on that right side, you know, where we could have, you know, Brian Birnbaum and Mora uh, sort of, you know, create kind of like a back three while, you know, the rest of the midfielders sort of get up there and uh, create some havoc. Uh, but as it appears now, it looks like, uh, you know, that spot is going to be Canals to sort of step in. And then you're going to have uh, Martins, uh, Moreno, Flores, Gressel, and Assad uh, sort of shoring up that midfield. And then, uh, you know, feeding, feeding to Kamara, who seems to be uh, riding sort of a wave of confidence going into the season. And he really should because he is... Uh, probably going to have some of the best support this year. So, you know, um, I said that, you know, I, I, if, if everything comes around, you know, with, with Gressel 
and Assad like really feeding him some some good assists. Uh, you know, he could be a top five uh, goal scorer this season. So, you know, reasons to be excited. So it's not all doom and gloom for this team this year. My mindset was when I heard the news, of course, is that, you know, United's taking steps to reinforce that position. And so, um, you know, do you guys think that we could see a a bigger role for players like Griffin Yauer, uh, Boateng this season, players that didn't get a lot of time last season, but because of the injury, uh, you know, I I think they could see their roles kind of increase. So I'm just curious to hear what you guys think. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think it, uh, it depends on if, if, and when Ariola can make a return, um, if it's during the season, it could be as early as the summer, which, um, as we know is, you know, relatively halfway through the season and, um, things really start to heat up there, uh, past the summer. Right. So, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that's, that's a big factor, but beyond that, I think we're looking at a, uh, uh, starting uh, four of Kamara, Flores probably in the middle there, Assad and Gressel, um, with the with the backups being yeah I guess Boateng, Segura, um, I guess right. Um, the other thing about Ariola is he he was relatively serviceable there, not only in the right back role sometimes right, um, and you can mm-hmm. get creative there with Gressel as as uh, we just talked about, but and I think that's probably what they were going to try to do. Um, but, but also he was serviceable in that number 10 role kind of, uh, I think he did pretty well there actually last year. So you kind of lose that flexibility as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the question you asked, uh, could we see bigger roles for Griffin Yao, um, Boateng and, and potentially even others like Moses Nyman. Um, I mean, who else is there? There's some other guys, but, uh, yeah, probably less so him, I, w- I would think. But, yeah, I could definitely see Griffin Yao. I mean, it seems like from from the match day stuff that I have been seeing that Yao is kind of doing pretty well in this in this uh, preseason. So, um, yeah, we saw him have, I guess, I don't know, probably maybe 180 minutes last, last year total, um, if that. So I could see him getting, you know, maybe 500 to 1,000 this year, depending on how everything goes. And... I'm sure our injury woes are not over, right? So, um, yeah, maybe definitely a bigger role now that we have Ariola out, but um, right. pro- probably not ideally uh, having too much uh, of those backup backups. Now, I yeah. I at one point made a uh, kind of an offhand joke about saying, you know, uh, with with how prolific Sorgo was in the Estonian league, uh, you know. Uh, w- w- would he be uh, DCU's uh, uh, sort of Erling Holland, you know? And lo and behold, uh, he scored within eight minutes uh, against Nashville. Now, granted, this is a preseason match, but um, got to give some props to that kid for stepping in and uh, really putting up points. You know, he put up the first points of the game. So, you know, uh, could could he sort of have an express? Uh, route to uh, you know the 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 at least you know the reserve squad if uh, you know Kamara isn't you know uh, performing or if he gets injured you know is that something that we could see this season? Right. No, I think if he excels within the first couple of games for Loud, and I I have no doubt that he'll be number two in the pecking order for striker. Because um, really, right now there's no one in front of him really who plays that position naturally. So, I mean, you know, how long it takes, I'm not really sure, but certainly I think that he has his role there with the team, and it's just a matter of time of, you know, is he ready to go? What are we gonna? Where are we gonna play him? So we just have to kind of wait and see what they do there. And uh, you know, with the injury to Ariola, do you guys think that? You know, it, it, what do you guys think that means for players like Flores and Gressel, who we picked up? Do you guys think there's like added pressure on those players to? to step up and kind of fill that void because I mean, for a lot of, a lot of people will say Ariola was our best player last season. So, you know, who, where, where's the pressure going is what I'm asking. What do you guys think? Well, I would say, you know, Gressel is a guy, he's probably going to be shouldering a lot of pressure uh, going from uh, Atlanta United being a former rookie of the year and uh, uh, you know, being really in a, an assist machine, you know, obviously, 
having uh, Joseph Martinez is, uh, you know, pretty advantageous to your career. But, uh, you know, he has some really good technical ability. I think he has a really solid mind for the game. Uh, You know, you want to talk about a player with some versatility. I think, you know, he's a guy that can sort of fit in 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 multiple roles. Uh, But uh, with with Flores and Assad, uh, Assad, he is definitely a guy who can uh, get the ball in the box and really set up some some nice opportunities for Kamara. Uh, Flora, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised. I was thinking Flores uh, would sort of be more of the winger type, but maybe uh, Olsen is looking at Assad as sort of being that wing position. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of interested to see what happens this year and, and how this team uh, operates. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, um, I think Flores is going to take a lot of that pressure, right? Like, especially because he did come in with the with this uh, DP contract, relative relatively high sign sign value, right? Like, pretty mm-hmm. large, especially for our club, right? So, I think that the, the when something like Ariola going down, you have to rely on the other guys that are uh, the DP DP levels and. So I think he's going to shoulder some of that, which is kind of unfortunate because um, it's it will be his first season, right? But you know, uh, I think he, he's going to have to be like the difference maker on the team because he's going to pretty much be the only one of that top tier quality on on the field. Um, you have guys like Assad and, and Gressel who are not quite. Um, I don't think either of them are DPS, especially not uh, Yamil, but. They're not, they're, you know, they're they're TAM level guys, and 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 that's great, and they're really really good, but they're not, you know, change a game in a moment. DP, uh, let's put pressure on this guy, you know, kind of level, which Ariola was, um, even even just based on his contract, but also his skill, right? So, I think a lot of that pressure is going to go on to Flores. Right, and and you mentioned, of course, being a DP player, that there just comes that added pressure of how much a team's investing, and so. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic there that we're going to see at the start of the season. But uh, moving on, another injury that's kind of been, uh, I, I guess, sort of pushed to the wayside because of the Areola news is uh, center back Donovan Pines also um, last week picked up a knock, an ankle injury during training. According to Stephen Goff, he's expected to miss five to six weeks, so it's so he won't be there for the opener. Um, it kind of comes at a concerning time with there not being much depth at center back, really. Uh, outside of Brian and Birnbaum, you know, there's not really another natural center back on the team. And so um, with the news that the team's potential move to pick up a center back from France, there was that whole uh, rumor circling and it just fell through. It kind of, uh, you know, indicates that there's a need for DC United to really make a move for another center back. But um you know, what do you guys make of the situation here with uh, Pines being injured and what it'll mean uh, at the start of the season? Yeah, that's definitely concerning. Um, it, you know, definitely seems like we need we need another center back. I mean, right. But um, I think they might bring in someone a, a lot less uh, like like the, the French uh, player that I saw seemed to be pretty, pretty good and and um would be pretty highly paid it seemed like from from the little uh investig like investigation quote unquote <laughs> that I did uh googling i guess um uh so maybe bringing in someone a little uh less experienced or or i don't know uh cheaper i guess uh, right now would would help a lot um you know now that we start to get into things like areola being hurt um it doesn't take more than one more injury for us to have to face things like having to go to that three five two or whatever we were doing last year, right? So, <laughs> you know, we're kind of running out of options potentially if if we're, you know, if we're, if we're not going to have another center back. So tonight, DC United had, uh, I think, at that uh, you know defensive third, uh, we had a Loudon player and then a couple trialists also uh, showing up. Uh, one of them was Aaron Mound, who is a trialist, uh, was, you know, as far as I can tell, Googling, uh, his, his last sort of team was the Charlotte Independence. And then I think 
Carter Manley, uh, who was at one time with uh, uh, Minnesota United, and then uh, Shane White is the uh, Loudoun United defender. So uh, not a whole lot that I can tell, you know, sort of with these guys, but, uh, you know, this was sort of like a, you know, we had sights and goal and, uh, you know, hardly, you know, the starter, you know, any of the starters playing until like about the last 30 minutes or so. Uh, but, you know, I guess, is that sort of where DC is heading? Is there, uh, looking to just kind of get some bodies in there? And, and I guess those three players are sort of, uh, what we saw tonight. Um, and, you know, uh, one, one against Nashville, uh, you know, giving up a goal is, is not great, but, uh, you know, uh, not bad as far as I can tell, uh, especially with sort of what they were working with on the roster. Right. I mean, at the very least, you'd expect them to, you know, pick up a couple of players from those trials. And so I I wouldn't rule out them making a move for another center back, whether it be the level of what they were going for initially. I doubt it. But, um, you know, with the the collective bargaining agreement being reached, uh, you know, teams are going to be looking to make more signings. And United, I think, was one of the teams waiting to to kind of um, wait, wait for that to pass before they made a move. And so. I think, um, you know, 10 days after the season, I think we'll see another player come in, whether it's a center back or not. I'm not sure because, I mean, as we talked about before, center back isn't the only uh, concern that United has heading into the uh, regular season. So it's, um, you know, it's, I think we're just going to have to play the waiting game and see what they decide to do. But uh, it is concerning with center back at center back with Pines being out, you know, should Burnball or Breon get an injury in that opener? Or even in a friendly, uh, the last friendly, it, it would leave us with the you know a big glaring hole in the center back position. So uh, it's going to be something that they're going to have to address. Whether they do that by spending uh, you know a significant amount of money, or just um, filling the the holes with players that they got you know who had trials with the club. So it's it's just uh, going to have to play the waiting game. But any other any other thoughts there, guys? The whole defensive back line is a big question mark because it's not just the central defenders, but it's also the fullbacks. Uh, you know, the way it's looking, it's going to be Mora and possibly Knaus uh, taking on those roles, you know, on the left and right side. So uh, there's not a whole lot between, behind them either. And uh, yeah, you know, 10 days out. Still real nervous about it. So, you know, hopefully, like you said, you know, with the collective bargaining agreement, that's gone through and they can, you know, start making some business moves uh, that can add depth to the roster. Yeah, to, to that point, I, f- I feel similarly like, you know, we have Canals, I guess, to play that right back role, which is what people are, are seemingly talking about now. And um we also have Fisher, which we who we haven't seen play in uh, I think over a year at this point. Um, I would prefer that it would be him because I thought he did a really, really, really good job. When uh, I mean, thinking back in 2018, I guess everyone was at that point um, at the end of that season, right? But I really liked the way he was playing. I liked kind of his overlapping style and stuff. So I I was hoping that we would be able to have him in there, but you know we haven't seen him play. Uh, we don't have too much depth there, um, and and even the depth we have is uh, players who haven't played that much, or you know, normally would be third or fourth, not first or second on the depth chart for either of these positions. Right, and my concern is, you know, if the team doesn't make moves, we'll, we'll be in that kind of position where we were last year, where we're kind of just desperate to pick up bodies, and so we go after guys like McCann who are, you know, players that shouldn't be in the starting 11, but are played by, you know, just necessity. Um, that's kind of the concern that we had last season is that, um, sure, United had Rooney, had Acosta, but the depth wasn't there to, you know, make it through the season, which is, I mean, MLS season is kind of, the, the, the regular season is unforgiving. I mean, it's compressed, it's long. And, uh, you know, for players for, on the older side, like, I mean, I mean, our center backs aren't young. I mean, Breon, Birnbaum, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the oldest, or might be the oldest center back pairing in the league. So you got to wonder, you know, can we get a, can we, can we really get away with what we did last season? And uh, I don't think we can. So I, I, I'm really on the, on the, I, I really think that the team's going to make another move, whether or not it's a big money move is, uh, you know, to be seen. But any other thoughts on that, guys? No. All right, then let's 
let's move on. Uh, one thing that caught my attention while I was on Twitter today, Stephen uh, Goff tweeted out the starting 11 that he thinks DC United may go with if all the players are healthy for the opener. And um, uh, Dan, you kind of t- touched on it a bit, but it looks like it's going to be something like a 4-2-1-3. Uh, back four, Canalset right back, Briant, Birnbaum, Morat left back. And then mid- midfielders would be Felipe and uh, Moreno. With Flores kind of playing more of an attacking midfield role, Gressel at the right wing position, Assad at the left wing position, and then Kamara at striker. Um, I think you know I don't I don't really think there's much else we can expect uh, in terms of the starting eleven at the moment. Um, you could maybe see Segura getting in for Assad potentially, considering uh, you know this would be Assad's first game in a long time, so we'll have to see where he's at. But um, you guys think that would be the ideal starting eleven to go with for the opener? Uh, yeah, and and sort of what I said is I was kind of surprised. You know, that's that's sort of exactly what I was looking at uh, earlier. But uh, you know, really surprised that Assad would be on the wing because I consider him uh, more of that uh, center attacking midfielder. Um, and then having Flores on the wing. Uh, yeah, uh, that just seems to be uh, sort of where where he's played quite a bit. Now, obviously, you know, uh, he's he's a really flexible uh, midfielder. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, th- I think this is just going to be a season where, where different things are going to be uh, experimented on. Uh, and, and so uh, Ben Olsen has his work cut out for him. Uh, you know, <laughs> depending on how things go, you know, uh, either the Olsen out, Cries are going to get, you know, super loud or, you know, uh, maybe he does well, you know, but he is super uh, in the spotlight right now, uh, especially with this midfield that he has. If, if uh, they can't produce goals, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a long season. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah, I I I uh, I, I feel like this uh, I'm looking at it now, this. This looks pretty, uh, pretty like a pretty good um, guess. I, I think that we we can be a little more flexible than this, and not necessarily even have to have those two uh, holding midfielders there, and in Felipe and and Moreno potentially. And I, I kind of did see some other uh, reporters talking about potentially what would amount to probably a return to using the four one four one. And kind of having Martins play up a little higher, um, which t- to me makes a little more sense. Um, specifically because I, I felt like I feel like Felipe has done really really well here. First of all, um, but I did think him uh, some of the times that we did see him get more advanced. I thought he did really well in um, in possession, and it's been a while since I've seen a game, but I feel like I remember that. Uh, but um, you can also do a lot of different stuff with your back line then, right? Like you can, um, you know, I mean, I feel like that's a little bit more flexible. But I, at the end of the day, it's probably not incompatible either, right? Like a lot of these things will change out of possession. Um, we typically see a more like four four two 2 out of possession while defending. Um, and then usually something similar to this uh, in possession. But... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Flores and Assad have both played in both those positions, right? I think yep. um, Flores more so recently playing winger, but I think before that, and, and I'm not sure about this, I think for the Peruvian national team played somewhat in that uh, in that 10 role. I might, I might be mistaken. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like uh, Flores, to me, is, seems like the more safe option to keep in that center there, considering... Um, considering the fact that that he's, you know, first of all, didn't take a year off of playing, um, but also that he is a, a higher quality, like a, a, a larger signing and, and a, a different tier, kind of what I'm mentioning earlier. And I think that's probably what we'll end up needing from that position. Right. No, I mean, there's certainly some versatility with what United can do, um, given the options that they have. I mean, you have Segura on the bench who saw an increased role last season. Uh, he's a player who's gotten a lot of flack for his productivity, but I think that, um, you know, given Ariola being injured, I, he's going to see significant play, I think, again. And, I, I, you know, I don't mind him coming off the bench. Certainly that's um, a really great player to have off the bench. 
But um, yeah, I mean, the question is, you know, Assad coming in after not having played a significant amount of time, um, you know, you wonder how long is he going to be able to play and not, you know, get injured. He, I think he picked up a knock during season or preseason training too. But it looks like he'll be ready to go for the start of the regular season. But of course, I mean, with Flores, he's also another player that you could look at and play on the wings. Like you mentioned, Ken, he, from what I recall, yeah, he does play more of a central role for Peru. And so um, you have that option there. And you have the option of playing Canals in the midfield too if we want to move towards something different in the back. But certainly, um, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's, 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 um, I, I wouldn't want to be in Olsen's shoes right now for sure, as there's going to be a lot of decision making that um, some people aren't going to like. And certainly, um, we won't know what it's going to play out, what, what it's going to look like until we, uh, you know, head towards that home opener. But, um, you know, any, any other thoughts, guys, on what uh, the roster or the starting 11 might look like heading into that opener? I think, I, yeah, what, what, we've been sort of saying with, uh, you know, that top three, uh, I'm, I, I'd be, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would be surprised, uh, you know, what you, what you were saying with, uh, you know, having three up top, uh, that's, that's a surprisingly, uh, positive and aggressive type of formation, especially, uh, from a coach like Olsen. Uh, so if, if that's the type of look we'll be giving teams and, if this midfield can can handle that, but you know, I obviously with those wings, you know, they will be you know sort of box to box types. So uh, we'll have to see what happens, you know. But you know, I, I I'm sort of going to be saying uh, this whole time, you know, uh, it's going to come down to Kamara scoring goals. So if he can be the target man, he says he is, uh, then then he'll be you know sort of off to the races, and then. Uh, you know, then we'll be saying, "Hey, this is this is looking really good this season." But otherwise, uh, it could be a totally different story if he doesn't show up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what kind of productivity we get out of him. Uh, you know, with a full season, a full preseason under his belt. Um, you know, last season he came in playing, not really significant. You know, not consistently playing in China, and so he came in kind of, um. Entirely in shape, I think. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does now that he's in shape, presumably playing consistent minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, for what the team paid last season, you'd expect a significant amount of productivity. And considering the striker situation as well, you know, it's going to be a lot of the scoring pressure is going to be on him. But um, moving on, guys, let's uh, look at some of the stuff off the field that, um, you know, we haven't talked about in the last uh, podcast. You know, United's been taking significant steps towards um, really, you know, making Audi Field feel like a uh, like feel like RFK. I'm sure you guys have uh, seen the banners that they've been placing, uh, the wall of uh, legends and all of that, and really listening to the fans and and what the fans have really wanted in terms of um, you know, not just honoring the team's history but also safety as they've removed um, you know, those uh, slippery. Uh, bleachers from the supporters section and put rails in for safety. Of course, a lot of the uh, concerns last season were that play uh, that you know that that area gets really slippery and people get on top of the on top of the bleachers and it you know leads to a bunch of um, you know sometimes dangerous situations. So we've been seeing sort of a you know the, the team really listening to the to the fans and uh, I'm curious to hear what you guys make of this. You know, is it a positive sign of things to come or is it um, you know just kind of getting the fans off their backs for uh, the time being. I don't think it's just getting fans off their back. I mean, I, I, I think we started seeing signs of this uh, back when they, uh, I guess, got rid of Flo. Um, you know, I guess that's that one was a little more obvious than a lot of stuff, right? But, um, I mean, we've even seen changes with how they're running, like, their social media, the vibes around their club, uh, like, mm-hmm. communications from the club feels a lot different. Um, you know, it, it could be surface level, I guess. I I, I feel like not, because it's hard. It, it, those things are harder than just, you know, pretending to be positive on Twitter or, or whatever, you know. It, it, it's not necessarily that simple. Um, it, it really requires a different culture. Uh, to to have that be sustainable, so I guess we'll see on those kind of things, right? But um, yeah, I mean the the the, tra- the hall of tradition stuff, the 
the safe standing, the the banners has all been really good. I mean, t- to me, those are really uh, some of them are, are relatively uh, low hanging fruit, I guess. Like putting banners up doesn't seem that hard, I guess. But um, I guess then you also don't know because you, someone has to design them, someone has to print them, someone has to physically pay and pick them up and actually put them on. So it's not as simple as just writing a a thousand dollar check or whatever. So. Um, seems like they they did it. They put some thought into it. Uh, I, I've been enjoying uh, this stuff, and yeah, I mean, I think the next big, big, big thing, which uh, might, probably won't happen anytime soon, would be the roof. Um, but I mean, I think we're on a great track, and I think watching the the, the social media give, gives kind of an indication of that culture, and even those videos they've been making for even you know Flores's uh, Flores's. <laughs> um, uh, introduction and stuff have been really awesome. So I, I think this is a, a thing that's here to stay. In, in a joking sense, uh, the only thing I'm salty about is that they never erected a Bronco Boscovich statue out in front of the stadium. Uh, but, uh, you yeah. know, uh, they've, they've been doing a really good job with, uh, yeah, sort of, sort of hearing out the fans and really uh, making it a better atmosphere for them. Uh, you know, it, I think it would have been really tough to have, you know, sort of that hall, hall of tradition uh, when it first opened up because there was one thing that was really overshadowing that, and that was the arrival of Wayne Rooney. And, you know, that was that year. You know, you had the giant uh, sort of mural of him. That's the that's sort of the first thing you see uh, when you uh, come into Audi Field. So, you know, <laughs> that's sort of something I think it was smart for them to sort of start with Rooney, sell a whole bunch of jerseys, and then now, you know, sort of uh, look back at the Hall of Tradition. Um, and, 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 you know, I think, I think uh, they also did some stuff where they, they have continued to put up uh, some, some more callbacks to, like, the 96 era and, and some other players uh, – uh, yeah, so I think I think the the front office in that sense uh, has been doing a much better job uh, with with you know sort of communicating with the fans. Um, I don't know where things sit, you know, as far as like sort of with the supporter groups. You know, uh, things got a little bit hairy between um, the front office, Para Brava, and Screaming Eagles for you know a little bit, kind of in those first you know that first opening year so uh but as far as i can tell like things have kind of smoothed over a little bit i think i think the Uh, office has okay fair enough uh you know so that's that's always going to be a a kind of a sticking point with barbrava they've always been um a very vocal uh part of the supporter groups and and they've they've rightfully uh, felt that, you know, they, you know, the, I, I don't necessarily want to say uh, whitewashed. I, 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 you know, that's been sort of like, you know, some of the talk that's been going on, but uh, you know, there's some who feel that the front office has paid more attention to, you know, sort of war on the end of, of the screaming Eagles and sort of left, uh, you know, everyone else sort of out, out in the cold. But, you know, uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's still ways to go, of course. I mean, you can never be 100% buddy-buddy, but certainly, uh, you know, doing all this uh, stuff, honoring the history, uh, listening to safety concerns, I think is a step in the right direction. And, uh, you know, it's it's positive. I mean, I mean, you can't really knock it. It's what fans want. They did it. And um, hopefully we'll continue to see that kind of uh, positive relationship moving forward. But, um, of course, there's always going to be concerns but uh, what what about you guys? What do you guys think? Well, one thing that I thought was also really cool um, was uh, the the jersey unveiling, and they had uh, Jaime Moreno, uh, I guess, mo- model it. I guess is the is the right term. Um, I thought that was really cool. So we got to see him uh, in, in these jerseys. So I, I thought that was um, that was kind of cool. Are we fans of the jerseys, guys? I am, to be honest. I like them a lot. The jerseys are neat, but the red shorts just, you know, chef kiss really ties that whole thing together. And so, uh, you know, 
I guess I guess big shout out to Pablo Maurer, uh, who kind of took credit for it. But you know, he was sort of leading the charge with with the red shorts and uh, Ben Olsen, I think, said it. You know, they're they're you know using those shorts because of him, uh, and sort of uh, that's that's pretty cool. And so like that whole kit just looks really really nice. And yeah, they're they're one of more the more stylish teams uh, coming into the season. You know, uh, in comparison to some others like uh, who is it, San Jose and uh, New, New York uh, Red Bulls have some laughably yeah. bad uniforms this year. Cincy's kit was pretty bad too. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of uh, th- throwing colors at the wall. But um, yeah, I mean, I early on, you know, when the leaks came out, I wasn't a big fan. But I think the red shorts really does kind of change the dynamic and give it that retro look. I'm a big fan of the font too. On the jersey names, I think it's really mm-hmm. a retro style and gives it a kind of flair that past kids haven't had. But certainly, um, you know, you'd want more creativity in comparison to like the white kids that we had last season. And certainly, yeah. I think this is uh, a step in the right direction. So yeah. we'll just have to wait and uh, see what else. Because I'm imagining we're going to get more uh, a third kid, maybe those uh, alternate warm ups that we got last season. So we'll just have to. Wait and see. Of course, we never got those cherry blossom concept kits, which I would have loved to see. Um, but uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what's in store? Yeah. Uh, w- one thing I thought that was uh, when I started to see these on players and stuff. Um, you know, I think some of our really old, like quote unquote old, I guess from uh, you know the '90s, even the 2000s, like those are pretty timeless kits. Like you could wear one today and it, you know other than the logo i think it's it it, it holds up pretty well right like um yep. uh w- one thing i did not get from the previous home kit was that so i'm looking at these pictures of uh you know gressel brilliant everyone in these these new jerseys and i'm like the current jersey i have looks gr- like like old like it looks like it's from the 80s like this is looks terrible um and and it doesn't really look terrible but I, I think it makes the like the you know gray stripes. Eh, I don't know. Like it's like looking at an old computer kind of to me now with these nice things with the nice red shorts. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. My my issue with last year's kits have been the lack of red, because um, I mean we're the black and red. Supposedly United's the black and red, but it's always been black and gray, black and white, and. Um, I think the added red on the kit and the shorts especially gives it that kind of flair and that really gives it that retro style that I think um, longtime fans have been really, uh, you know, yearning for and and have been looking to see make a comeback. So, I, you know, I was a doubter. You know, I wasn't a big fan early on with the leaks, but um, I'm, you know, I'm all in for the kit now. Uh, Any other any other thoughts on that, guys? Nope. Love them. Yep. Really good. Really good stuff this year. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see what uh, they look like uh, for the regular season. And talking about that, uh, let's get into the opener for a bit. Um, Of course, United will open the season at home against the Colorado Rapids. The Rapids, um, you know, didn't have the best season last year. They finished in ninth place in the West. 42 points, 12 losses. I mean, excuse me, 12 wins, 16 defeats, and six draws. So they are looking to... You know, come into the season with a bit more positivity. They, um, of course, goalkeeper Tim Howard retired after a long career in MLS and Europe. Um, but they also picked up a couple of key players, uh, which I think are going to make a difference for them. But looking at uh, this matchup, of course, they're coming in. You know, the last couple of seasons they have been able to make the playoffs, so they're looking to change things. Uh, key players to watch. I think they have. Uh, decent number of veterans and young players especially to keep an eye on uh kai kamara you know a longtime mls veteran uh you know one of the you know greatest goal scorers of the league is a player i think can still be a you know a handful just given his speed and uh the kind of dynamic playing play style that he has but the team also made a move for um player yunas namli who is a a very talented player who you know really made a name for himself in holland He's a you know a great playmaker can really help out Kamara and connect there, so he's going to be a player to watch for them. But I was also, you know, I, I thought they made a smart move picking up Austin Trusty from Philadelphia. You know, he's a young, talented center back. Will certainly be their starter for this season, 
and give them some really, uh, you know, cons- some solid consistency in the back. So I think that, you know, they've made some decent moves and aren't the Rapids that have been, you know, painfully mediocre in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, journalists have been saying they're one of the teams to watch this year, so we'll have to wait and see. But I think this is going to be an interesting matchup for United. Certainly, you know, we have questions surrounding the team. But um, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this uh, matchup to open the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, You know, like you said, the Rapids haven't been uh, that great. Um, I did. Ha- I have seen similar things to you. Like you know, could could be one of those like dark horses. I guess you you'd call them. Um, I think. I think honestly, what we're gonna what we're gonna see this year is is maybe a slower start than we might be hoping for. But I think you know, having having you know, not necessarily in terms of number of players, but uh, if if you just compare, I guess even you know just the you know, Acosta and Rooney are gone, right? So that's those are massive things, regardless of even on the field, uh, which is obviously the most important part, I guess, in terms of the games. But even a different culture, what do we do now? Who's our leaders? Um, Felipe seems to be the captain or something. <laughs> so uh, that'll be interesting. So I think we might be getting, we might get off to a, a slow start. Um, you know, first five or ten games, I, I'm not feeling too confident on on coming out and, and really. You know, winning even eight of those are, are like, you know, I don't know, right? But um, I, I could see us not, not doing too well here against uh, the Rapids. Um, but I don't think that's a reason to, to be too upset or, or uh, overreactionary because, I mean, like we had in 2018, you can always make that run there. Uh, and, and as the team gets more familiar, as uh, Kamara plays more minutes with the club, as Flores gets used to playing uh, in this league and and on this team uh, with this manager and everything, I think we could start to, to take off in the in the latter part of the season. Uh, that's just kind of my thoughts. I'm I'm kind of along that same line too. Uh, but it's it's tough to know with with this roster and and it's gonna be kind of a new, be you know a blend of new and old looks with with DC United, uh, but you know coming up against the Rapids, uh, you know uh, Kai Kamara is a guy who has caused problems for DC in the past, uh, especially when he was with um, the Columbus Crew a few years ago. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, Rapids are going to be hungry. They're you know missing out on the playoffs, uh, not a whole lot being. Uh, uh, you know, expected. I think they're going to really come out uh, really, really strong and and you know try to give teams fits. So uh, you know, yeah, it's it's tough to tell uh, because this is a this is a DC United squad that um, you know it, it just has a whole lot of question marks about it. So you know, the first couple of games in the season, you know, it's going to be it's going to be kind of a different thing. You know, last year. They started out very strong, uh, but then kind of petered out towards the end of the season. You know, this season, could you see an opposite effect where, you know, maybe they struggle early on, but uh, as that midfield solidifies and uh, finds their groove, uh, you know, maybe they come out. uh, Maybe they do make the playoffs. Uh, You know, I don't necessarily see them winning these this year, but, uh, you know, I think I think D.C. United will be strong. So that's that's my hope. That's sort of what I'm seeing it. I don't want to cast my expectations too high. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, being surprised, you know, rather than let down is always a better feeling. So that's where <laughs> I'm sort of at emotionally right now. <laughs> and Ken, you brought it up. Ken, you brought it up the, uh, the other day, uh, the kind of the preview from the MLS reporters and how they're kind of uh, projecting DC United to be lower tier. Well, not lower tier, but maybe just missing the playoffs or being very low in the spot. Oh, that's playoff pretty spot. low tier. <laughs> I mean, well, in the yeah. east, is, yeah, in the east, I think it is, and I think that's another reason why, even if this team gets off on the wrong foot, um, you know, last year it kind of seemed like nobody wanted to win the east, and so uh, I think it kind of benefits United being in this conference because the West, I mean, they're stacked with uh, both mm-hmm. the LA teams, uh, you know, teams like. 
Portland and uh, Seattle. Seattle, yeah. And uh, you know, we don't know what to expect from the from the uh, from Atlanta United. They lost a ton of key players. Um, you know, Philadelphia. They're also they also lost some key players too. So it's going to be a lot of question marks in the East. Really, I mean, a lot of players going you know switching clubs, leaving the league, and so. Yeah, this, the, the entire Eastern Conference, I think, is going to be one of those... It's going to be that year again where teams control their own destiny, you know? I don't think there's going to be a team that goes forward and just outright dominates like LAFC did last year in the West. But, um, yeah, I do think that this team has potential, but we really don't know what to expect until the first game of the regular season. So I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, just a waiting game. But uh, any any other thoughts, guys? Yeah, I I kind of feel like uh, maybe maybe to to clarify my my opinion as well. Like, while I I think we're gonna start out pretty slow, I still think we're gonna get more points than we did last year. I mean, you know, I it, it's hard to really think back too too much to some of these games, mostly because uh, I try, it's just really hard to I guess. But um, I a, a lot of it was just like a lot of apathy like it seemed like there was you know something really broken in in the culture or or something right like mm-hmm. um, which makes sense uh, with with um the acosta situation um rooney you know being apathetic himself i think to be honest and 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 leaving right and yep. then that's fine whatever like not a huge deal but i think uh we might get back to being you know not the I think we're going to be better, but I think also we used to have the reputation of like not the best team, but we're really hard to play against and we're going to make you earn the wins and kind of maybe getting back to that instead of being like, eh, well, I guess we're here. <laughs> like, um, and, and, and that with a mix of more quality might, might lead us to better outcomes. Um, I, I can kind of see that be, being our thing this year uh, as an early prediction, I guess. This Summer was a really brutal period for DC last year. Uh, and so, like, that's really, I would trade, you know, Leah, that slow start to really sort of having, having that summer where, like, uh, you know, teams come to, you know, DC gets, gets real hot, real, real thick uh, over there. So, you know, around that time, I want to see a better performance by the team during those months because uh, teams who come over here, you know, they got to deal uh, sort of with the soup that, that exists in DC's yeah. atmosphere. Uh, so uh, that's, that's what I want is, is a better summer record so that, you know, uh, if they can get through that, then they can have a nice run uh, to the playoffs. And, and that is ideally how I want that season to how I want this season to go. You know, let the team, you know, take their knocks early. Uh, and if they can figure things out, if that midfield can solidify, if Kamara can find his form, uh, then then bring it on. Let's let's make, you know, Audi field a fortress. So that's that's what I want from the team this year. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of interesting with the dynamic now that uh, Rooney and Acosta are gone. It's it's really we really don't know what to expect. I think it's going to be um, interesting to see what players emerge as the front runners for, um, you know, team MVP. And, um, you know, you mentioned Kamara, of course, there's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, Grasso, Flores. So it's, it's an exciting time, but also you're kind of nervous to see what, what it's going to look like on the field. But um, really we just, we just got to play the waiting game and, and really hope that, um, you know, things get going pretty quickly. So, we just have to wait and see, guys. But uh, any other any other thoughts on uh, the opener and uh, what to expect? Who do you guys think steps on the field, uh, captain of the squad? Felipe. Well, that that's the only guess I have. Yeah, that's what it's that's what it's looking like, and it's kind of surprising given how um, he hasn't been on the team that long. You know, you would think it would be a guy like Hamid or or um, Burnbaum, but I think Felipe, even coming from, uh, you know, just coming from New York, even has. Uh, you know, right off the bat when he came, he 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 left his mark on the team and really made a difference. So it's hard to say that he doesn't deserve it. And the only argument I think that's there is that he hasn't been on the team that long. But uh, yeah, what what do you guys think? It's certainly odd. I mean, uh, I I kind of like it. Um, 
especially i mean even if you see him on like twitter or like anything you, you seem he's a very like motivational guy he he's very positive too and so you can kind of visualize in your head uh this kind of guy who's you know you know early in the morning with everyone like being the the guy who's like you know getting everyone ready and and riled up to go train or whatever it is even if it's mundane you know kind of being that guy um and, and really leading and 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 a role model potentially you know so i think um that's the kind of guy you want as, as the captain not not necessarily always just the guy who's been there the longest but yeah i was surprised that it wasn't burnbaum considering he he had had that um before rooney and and when rooney you know either got a red card <laughs> in a game that he, he took it or uh or or when rooney wasn't there it's also a decent amount right so uh it's kind of surprising I'm, I'm curious how that that dynamic is um it didn't really seem like Burnbaum was the type of guy to to really be that full captain and so i i'm kind of excited to see that change as well as maybe part of um a larger and more uh maybe conceptual culture change in the club and 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 surrounding entities yeah it's really uh, interesting to see where we're going to be headed as uh, it's really um you know uncharted waters for united so we're just gonna have to you know play the waiting game like i've been saying but um yeah guys i think that's gonna do it for the podcast unless there's anything else you guys uh think uh you know we should talk about uh r.i.p rfk oh yeah no that's another thing um yeah it's kind of just uh, k- killing off rfk without much of uh, a ceremony or anything it's unfortunate but uh it's kind of expected i mean the use of the stadium has kind of been dwindling uh you know you would get a friendly international soccer match there maybe once or twice a year it's unfortunate given the history with the club but i mean with audi field here now it's it's kind of just it's difficult to imagine what what the future would hold for that venue i guess i guess you know uh if, if anyone has any favorite memories from that but uh you know I guess what I'll always remember from RFK is the post-match uh, drum circle with uh, Barra Brava uh, in the old 338 section, getting right out, you know, just past that exit. Uh, I was talking on, about this on another show, and uh, yeah, you know, if, if I could have just taken one piece of RFK, you know, after it goes down, uh, it would be sort of like, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a section of cement from like the floor or something, you know, kind of in that area. Uh, would love to take that because, you know, if anything, I think, you know, what I'm going to always remember for the rest of my life is just the sound of that, you know, after the game and just, you know, all the emotion that goes into that uh, was was always a, a fantastic experience. So that's that's what I always remember about RFK. Yeah, for sure. And I think they'd be I think the management would be stupid not to do some kind of auction given uh, the history that stadium has with not only D.C., but with the Redskins, with, uh, you know, the Nationals for a bit when they were there, the Expos. So, yeah, I mean, I would keep an eye out on that to see what, what the future of that whole area is as, um, you know, Washington has been looking to build another stadium for the football team. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But certainly uh, it's been, you know, fun talking to you guys, but uh, we're he- we're heading towards the long haul uh, of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, um Thanks for coming on, guys. Anything you want to plug before we close out here? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, again, I'm I'm on Twitter at DCU underscore soccer. Um, yeah, follow me if you want. You know, I'm chilling there talking about DC United um, and, and some other soccer stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, same same here. Uh, I am S Dakota underscore soccer, and uh, yeah, just uh, you know, really enjoy talking about the game uh in a whole lot of arenas i have a personal blog uh soccer made simple on my website danielofdc.com uh you know just uh i do a newsletter which is tinyletter.com forward slash soccer made simple so for anyone who's you know trying to get into the sport uh sort of understanding it you know how to watch it as a fan uh that's i've written a bunch of articles about that so a fun little side project i've been doing 
So make sure to check that out. Uh, you can follow the podcast at District Football on Twitter. You can follow me at 1H Sports. And you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and the Google Play podcast uh, platforms. So make sure to listen to us there and subscribe. Uh, we'll be back soon with another episode of the podcast. Guys, thanks for joining me as always. Always great to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Football out. Football out.